Well, I know the concept's been around for a long time, and essentially, it's what rental car companies do. They share what they have with you. But today, companies like Lincoln Company allow you to do this on a massive scale. You buy into a product that allows you to have one of these vehicles wherever you go. You get to share it. But why is car sharing one of those things that's taking off in major urban centers around the world? Why are we looking at it as the future of partial car ownership? Well, there are a lot of answers to that question. And that is something we'll be talking today on the Autolux Podcast. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I'm your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J. from Autolux.net, a division of Ecom Medium Entertainment. If you haven't been to Autolux.net, please stop by, check it out, go to some of the corporate ratings, check out some of the corporate links website, and our help pages. If you're a teacher or a parent who wants to teach your kids about the automotive industry, we do have books, and our help pages can bring you so much fun for the whole family. And all of this is brought to you by Podbeam.com, our RS fees over at Feedspot and Autolux.net. So like I said in the beginning, car sharing is one of those things that's really starting to take off in the automotive industry. It's one of those things that I know we talked about in our dying rental car industry from before where companies like Uber and Lyft and car sharing companies like Lincoln Company and then you get the subscription vehicles similar to that of, you know, Cadillac system, Mercedes system, Volvo, that'll allow you to do the subscription vehicles. And we've all talked about that before, but what about car sharing? Car sharing is one of those things that's been around for a very long time, longer than we actually know for. Everybody seems to think they all came out in the early 2000s, but essentially car sharing came about in the early 70s and it started in France. The first was a whole system project in France called Proctotip. Later by Witcar, which was based on a small electric vehicle's car sharing kind of took off really in the 90s. Car sharing started in North America in Quebec, the province of Quebec in Canada, in 1994. Commune Auto. Commune Auto is still active today and is one of the leaders in this industry, if you've never heard of them. Their goal is to provide convenient and economic alternative to owning a vehicle. Why would you want that? When you live in a major urban center, you don't want to own a vehicle. My brother taught me this when he was in San Francisco. Like he's lived in a lot of major cities and never owned a vehicle in his life. Like the guy's three years older than me. He's 43 this year. Still has never owned a vehicle at all. He has one in his name that's, you know, going to be passed down to him when my dad passes away. But besides that, there are no other vehicles. Car sharing is one of those things that he can't do. He doesn't do it. But when he lived in San Francisco, he did the bike share system. So on his way to work, if it was a nice day, he might just walk all the way to work because it wasn't that far away. But if it was a bad day, he'd take public transit. And on some days, if he felt like it, he would utilize his application on his phone to see if a bike through his app that he pays for had a bike in his area. He can go to that, request the code, get the code, unlock the bike, ride it home, drop it off at the closest station near his house. It's essentially what car sharing is all about. Link and company from Geely helped pioneer this on a massive scale within the automotive industry. They set themselves apart as a company that prides itself on sharing vehicles. But why would they want to do that? 
Don't they just want people to purchase these vehicles? Well, you can purchase them outright. But in the beginning, it was like buying into a lease. Similar to that of subscription vehicles, car sharing allows you to have a vehicle on demand when you put your times in and see if there's one in the area. If you're the owner of the vehicle, you can actually make money off your existing vehicle as well. Like I have four vehicles here, and if I really wanted to, I could put one of those in the car sharing system. And if somebody's out my way and wants to use it, they can use it. And well, in my case, I'd want them to bring it back to the same spot. But if I was part of a car sharing network and I lived in an urban area, they could pick one up and somebody else can bring one back to the location and they can go get it. It allows you to have a vehicle where and when you want. Not exactly, you know, where you want it. And sometimes not always when you want it. Because if the entire system is being utilized by tons of people, you may have to take public transit to the nearest location to pick up an alternative vehicle. But it allows you to pick up what you are driving. Car sharing is not just for major car companies too. There are car sharing apps out there. Turo is one of those bigger ones where you can actually share vehicles you don't use. And a lot of people utilize this for when they go on dates and they want to make a big impression on people because they can request specific vehicles. So if you have a fancy vehicle and you don't use it all the time, but you want to make some extra money off of it, you can put it into the system. Now, like with most things, if you're the owner of the vehicle, you got to pay extra amounts of insurance to your insurance board because you're sharing the vehicle with multiple different people. But if you're one of the recipients of this, it's great. You don't have to pay for the repairs. You don't have to pay for the insurance. You just pay your fee to utilize the vehicle. If something happens, the insurance through the system will pay out the, either the owner of the vehicle or if it's part of their system, it's like a rental. They'll pay it out. It allows people to lend out their low-use vehicles. Like we said, it's almost like those rental car companies. You go to Las Vegas, you can find those supercar rental companies. And they got Ferraris. People buy them. I was just reading an article this past week about a guy in the UK who has a rental service. And he has one of the highest mileage Lamborghini Marcielagos in the world. And he does all of his maintenance is done as per the request of Lamborghini. Like, he goes to a team, buy the book for these things. But why does it have such high mileage? One, he takes care of it. And two, it's rented out. It's a car share vehicle. But again, why would you want to look at a car sharing system? Well, if you live in a major urban area, similar to that of like my brother who lives in Australia, he lives in a major city. He doesn't need to own a vehicle. One, he doesn't have a place to park it. And two, he doesn't want to pay for something he's going to hardly ever use. But being part of a car share system, if he wants to go out and get groceries a lot easier, wants to take his kids to a park that's a little further away, they can all do that. And it means he doesn't have to own the vehicle, doesn't have to fix the vehicle, doesn't have to insure the vehicle. It's all covered under the system. Systems like Turo, Zipcar, Aligo, CarShare, and Communauto. They're occasional use vehicles. Their one main issue, limited to pickup points. Unlike Enterprise Rent-A-Car, they won't come and pick you up. Some of them may have services which allow you to do that, but you're paying extra fees for it. Similar to that with rental car companies that do it as well. So it kind of acts in a way almost like public transit. It's not available everywhere you want it to be. For some people, that's not something that they really want. You know, when I want to go out, I don't want to have to walk three blocks to go get a vehicle to go driving. Hell, I just walk three blocks. Why do I want to do that when I could just walk the other, you know, six blocks to where I'm going? So in some cases, it doesn't really work out. You know, living in a suburban area or a rural area, it really doesn't work for car sharing. I get it. Maybe if you live in a small town in a rural community, it could work so that not everybody has to pay for a multitude of different vehicles. But if everybody wants to use it on the same weekend, you can be screwed. 
Your pickup and return is usually to the same spot, unlike U-Haul that allows you to pick it up in one U-Haul location and drop it off in another. A lot of car sharing services, if you read the fine print, usually you have to drop them off in the same spot as you pick them up. And a company like Turo, when you're taking it from somebody else, if they drop it off to you, they will give you a time where they will come and pick it up. If not, you have to pick it up from one point and bring it back to that exact same point. It's kind of interesting. It does give you a vehicle. I don't know how many people out there wanted to go back to their high school reunion and they don't want to show up in their little Kia Optima that's like 10 years old. No, 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 no. They, they, they want to make a, prove to those people that they're better. So they look through the vehicles and they find somebody that's sharing a brand new Mercedes-Benz CLS. Yeah, I want that. I want to look cool. They pay the rate. They request the car, they give them the time, car appears, and damn, they look good as they roll up to their high school reunion. And people think they have made it, not realizing that they have a crappy little Kia Optima sitting in their, you know, outside their bachelor apartment downtown that they hardly ever use. They're economical, but they want to look like they've made it. It could be for people that have made it, but don't choose their own vehicles. If you look at the concept behind Uber, it's a similar context. You don't wish to own a vehicle, but you wish to be picked up and dropped off wherever you want to go. And that is where the lines blend. But only there, where with car sharing, you're the driver. Car sharing has a multiple avenues of different variations of car sharing. With five of them going all out, when you get into the system, you need to know what you're getting into. Like everybody thinks car sharing, oh, it's just car sharing. I put my car up, I can go get one, I can, you know. No, there are actually five basic avenues of car sharing. The first one being round trip car sharing. You begin and end the trip at the same location. You often you pay by an hour or mile or sometimes both. Similar to that of doing a rental vehicle, but with car sharing, you're in a system where you request your time. So like I said, pretty similar to rental if you're doing a business account. There's one way, or free floating as they call it, where you begin and end their trip at different locations. Floating zones are stations based on designating party zones. So this is for some companies kind of like Zipcar will have their own lots in specific cities. So if I'm going from like Toronto to Montreal, I have to go from that zip lot to that zip lot, similar to that of renting a U-Haul. You're paying for the system in a one-way one. You pick the car up at this one, you'll go to that one and drop it off. But you're still being told where to pick up and where to drop off. So you have to find your own means to get to those specific locations. Then you move into the conventional companies. So corporate car sharing programs, which allow multiple employees to utilize the same vehicle. You probably see this a lot with, you know, government workers, city workers, major companies with massive fleets where they might actually have, you know, four or five fleet vehicles for salespeople or project managers or estimators to go out and see things that they just leave in a fleet. It's a conventional company, the corporate vehicles. It's essentially a car sharing program. The corporation buys, let's say, 10 of these vehicles and they're there for these 30 different employees to utilize from. So if they're all taken, then you're kind of out of luck, but they're always there for somebody to use. It's a sharing system. Next, we move on to the peer-to-peer. -peer. A P2P system or personal vehicle sharing is similar to the round-trip sharing in payment and trip. Privately owned and leased vehicles or third-party owners, like a site, a zip car, are a peer-to-peer -peer system. 
where a round-trip car-sharing system is basically a rental system. Peer-to-peer are private people or select companies. They run on application systems. So you can be the owner of the vehicle, essentially in a peer-to-peer system. You can tag yours on the Zipcar application. And when somebody needs your car, if you're not utilizing it, it's a peer-to-peer. They get it, they move it. You get it, you move it. Then you move on to your fifth one. Fractional ownership. This is kind of like a timeshare system. Owners co-own a vehicle and share its cost and use, often promoted as an alternative to urban ownership. It's used for limited trips similar to a vacation, moving large items, or special occasions. This falls into the category of Lincoln Company and Canoe Corporations, where Lincoln Company has everybody put into their database where all their vehicles is. If you pay this into the car sharing program, no matter where you go, those vehicles always are their fractional ownerships so essentially the corporation owns all the vehicles you're all fractional ownerships like we said timeshare so timeshare you get your one week or two weeks out of the year you can pick them whenever they are as long as somebody else hasn't taken them so a fractional ownership is i need to borrow your truck today we both own it but you're using it so i have to wait until tomorrow fractional it's available but tomorrow i can get it then so then i can get it and i can move my stuff around It's actually one of the smarter things. It's almost like a co-op system, in a sense, like a commune. I had a talk a long time ago while I was working on a job, and there was a guy that actually did this. He had a little business, and he had a pickup truck, which, in a sense, would have fallen into, like, a fractional ownership. Everybody part of the business all, you know, kind of threw into a small pool for this company pickup truck, where if they needed to move stuff or utilize it, it was available, as long as somebody else wasn't using it. It's kind of a great concept, because when you live in a major urban center, how many people need a full-size pickup truck to constantly move things around? Similar to that of subscription cars. You know, this weekend, I need the Escalade because the whole family's up. But next week when I'm going to work, I don't need that. I want my ATS Coupe as my constant vehicle to go back and forth. That's what I want. But unlike subscription, subscription vehicles usually only give you a certain amount of times per year you can trade them in. Fractional ownership can be like that too, where a peer-to-peer system, as long as the vehicles are in the system, you could share it whenever you need it. Kind of an interesting concept. The funny thing is, is the biggest players and essential origins of car sharing rental companies are now getting into it. Avis, Hertz, Avis has their own system. There's the Hertz On Demand and the Enterprise Car Share. This provides a new avenue of profit for the rental car companies. Like we said in our Dying Rental Car Company podcast, they need to find new avenues. And car sharing is one of them. They already have massive fleets of vehicles. Specific companies are starting to do these. Companies that have tons of vehicles will allow car share program, if you pay into it, to be able to utilize these company vehicles on weekends. So they're not just open to employee, they're open to anyone who pays into the system. With so many companies out there owning massive fleets of vehicles and them being underutilized on specific dates, why not take advantage? We're already doing that for our homes and apartments for Airbnb. Why not do it for a vehicle? Starting out in the 70s and now moving into today's date, people are more willing to not own specific things, to share things. If I'm willing to go away on my vacation and allow somebody to stay at my house for that week that I'm gone so I can make some extra profit while I'm not there and somebody else is utilizing it, which means nobody else is likely to break in, why not do that with my vehicle as well? 
like we said with the rental companies, it uses their massive amounts of rental vehicles. It allows for shorter term rentals. So these people, then, you know, instead of just using it for when they get insurance claims or on vacation, they're now using it for day purposes. Similar to that on U-Haul or even when you go to Home Depot, they have car sharing vans. You know, rent this van to get your stuff home for $19.95 an hour. It's essentially a car sharing program. Home Depot owns the van and puts the bill for it. You just have to pay the sharing fee. This allows more availability of vehicles as most towns even support rental fleets environment and helps our footprint it helps reduce the amount of vehicle storage because now you don't need as many vehicles stored on this lot you can have a fleet of 100 vehicles but on an average year you probably only have about 25 of those vehicles sitting on that lot at one extensive time so you build a lot capable of holding the 100 vehicles if they're all jammed in but parking spaces for only 40 using a smaller footprint is better for the environment as well so car sharing is helping you reduce it's helping you reduce by you not owning a vehicle, them not owning a vehicle, all those extra oil, fuels being dumped out into the environment. They're becoming more environmentally friendly. And now with electric cars, having the ability of utilizing applications to open and close their vehicles, products owned by people who own Teslas and Lucids and Rivians and Neos and Xpangs can now throw their cars into a car share system even easier. Because now, I don't have to leave you a key. Now, I just need to send you the code. This also helps you expand on the limited amount of vehicles out on the road and a limited amount of different models on the road. It allows people to better utilize the vehicle platforms that are existing out there. Like I said, not everybody in the world needs a full-size pickup truck. In the city I live in, apparently everybody thinks they need a full-size pickup truck. Even when they're going back and forth to work every day, they need a big block V8. Like really, do you really need something that big to go back and forth to work in? I can't really say anything. My my Borrego sits seven people and that's back and forth to work. But in the summertime, I utilize my little four-cylinder, five-speed pocket rocket to save on money. And I'm even considering getting myself an electric motorcycle, like a fuel, to go back and forth to work to even save more. Your product like that would be great for me to put inside of a car sharing program, but mine would have to be a round trip car share because I really don't want people picking my bike up here and me having to go dig it out of the city, <laughs> you know. The main use of car sharing and where it benefits the most is public transit systems. How many people out there go shopping at Ikea? They live downtown Toronto. There's an Ikea down Toronto and they need to get stuff to their apartment like four blocks away. And this thing's big. But you can't put it on a city bus or on a subway. You need a vehicle to bring it. Hell, you found something way out in the suburbs that you want to buy off Kijiji. How do you get there? And it's big. Car share. It allows for less congestion in urban centers. It gets more people out of owning vehicles and parking vehicles and leaving them. How many people live in New York City and spend years on waiting lists to get a parking space? They get the parking space and they put their car in there. Ever watch the show Seinfeld? Seinfeld had a car. He had a saw. But you hardly ever saw him use it because he walked or took subway or took a cab. He didn't have to use his vehicle except when he went out of town. So why the hell does he need that vehicle and that parking space when he could just run into a car share program and for somebody that you know goes out of town on a weekend and doesn't need the vehicle he can take the vehicle from them creating less congestion and less need for parking facilities three of the top five usage cities in china have car share programs this is a big thing for the chinese marketplace you have to play the lottery to essentially win the ability to purchase a vehicle in select markets 
Car sharing is a perfect example of how people in those locations can utilize their vehicle when they win the lottery, but they still know that they're only going to be traveling like 10,000 kilometers a year. They can better utilize their vehicle. They can put it into a car sharing program. Now you don't have to play the lottery. Now you have your license and you can utilize somebody else's vehicle to get around and do whatever you want. Major urban centers will be the biggest benefit to a car sharing system. In a lot of these systems, liability insurance is part of the package. But part of your package also includes for fuel costs, insurance, repairs, and most other functions of car ownership. You're going to think about it. They're not just going to let you spend 20 bucks, take this vehicle out, drive the shit out of it, destroy it, and bring it back without having to pay for it in some context. Rental vehicles don't even do that. Most of these vehicles have a standard system. They are not cleaned or refueled after use. Larger corporate services such as rental companies, car to go, go get, they do clean their fleets of vehicles. So you gotta think about it. If you're renting your vehicle out to somebody in a car share system and they trash the inside of your vehicle, you have to go out and clean it. Or you could be even doing a car share system, getting into a vehicle that somebody trashed and now you have to clean it because a lot of those systems don't have cleaning systems similar to that of an Airbnb. After the people leave, I have to go in and clean my house right there's no select service for that it's not like a hotel where somebody cleans it for you so there are some downfalls to the car sharing system one availability can based off of the system that you're utilizing can be an issue Two, pick up and drop off points. You never know where your closest station could be to you, depending on what service and which company you're utilizing. Where you're going. Not everybody allows you to do the one-way trip systems. Larger companies will allow you to do that, but smaller ones will ensure you that you have to bring the car back, especially with people who do the peer-to-peer -peer car share programs. When you allow somebody to use your vehicle, you want your vehicle delivered back into your driveway. And you want it delivered in the same condition that you lent it out to somebody as well. But unfortunately, it's similar to that of like Airbnbs. Some people are just slobs and assholes. They'll treat the thing like crap because they just wanted to go out and have a fun job. Car sharing is not one of those things that you just automatically think of for urban centers. Their main use will be in urban centers for people who don't want to go full on in with car ownership, similar to that of subscription cars or the people that mostly use rental vehicles on a limited basis. When my brother got married, he rented a vehicle because he didn't have a vehicle, but he needed one to chauffeur people around, pick stuff up, do this, do that. He'd rent it. Had his bike share service also been included with a car share service, he could have just done that for the weekend, booked it, bam, it's all part of his main system. Car sharing is something for that. But car sharing systems can, with the introduction of more autonomy in vehicles, be better utilized in a suburban environment in the future. As we all move down to more of a one-car driveway system, as I said, and people are working from home now, if your spouse is out and they have to go into work and use the vehicle, and you are now at home without a vehicle, utilizing a car sharing system with autonomous abilities allows you to pick and choose when those vehicles come delivered and you can go out and with autonomous those people don't even have to deliver them to your door they just arrive similar to that of the domino's robot that delivers you pizza there are new companies catering into the system as car sharing is a growing system not as big as subscription vehicles or as rideshare programs but they are growing lincoln company and, and canoe are one of the biggest ones out there with lincoln company from geely allows you to share your vehicle when you are not using it but it can only be used by other owners so fractional ownership which is kind of good because you really want to just you know be part of a system where you know i park my car on the street and i look down five minutes later and i'm like oh what the hell we're to go. Well, a fractional owner, somebody else took it.
Lincoln Company, you know that another owner who's paid into that exact system, who knows how to operate that vehicle, where everything is and won't destroy it, is part of the system. Canoe allows you for the use of your vehicle for ride sharing or to rent it out when not in use to people. And now with Canoe looking at building their own truck and possibly moving it to other segments in the future, there's a possibility of more product lines being available to the customer, similar to that of how Link and Company has gone from CUVs and now into sedans. There is an expansion in the future to, as we move away from car ownership into car sharing programs. We've seen it already with subscription cars, ride sharing, and now car sharing. All of these systems will be better utilized in the future as we urbanize our world a lot more. As public transit takes a long time to help build and get going due to government intervention, red tape, and that, systems such as car sharing, subscription, and ride hailing services will expand exponentially due to the fact that the system that we truly need, funded by the taxes that we pay, takes way too long to get to us. So yes, there is a mass expansion system. Rural areas will be one of the last areas you can see really being hit by the car sharing network. Now, a car sharing network, if you start moving into equipment sharing for farmers, would be one of the better things because every farmer knows that all your equipment costs a fortune and you don't always use it all the time. So developing a farm share program would be the next step into the car sharing future. So for anyone listening right now, if you're a developer, I just gave you an amazing deal. And the only thing I ask if you create the FarmShare app, just give us a little shout out. Say, hey, Autolooks, we made this. Thank you, Autolooks, and thank you, Everjay, for this amazingly great idea. We're making a fortune off of it, and you're not, but I'm not a programmer, so. Take the idea and run with it, people. Do we need car sharing? Yes. It's part of our viable future, especially in the urban center. So if you like this podcast, please like, share, or comment about it, and follow us. Can't stress that enough. If you follow us, you will get all of the updates from our brand new podcasts that come out every single week. Yeah, not every episode you want to not want to listen to because it may not be down your alley, but we do release new episodes on a weekly basis. 52 new episodes every single year, plus the possibility of extras for holidays and specific occasions. The Autolux podcast is here for you. The Autolux Podcast is brought to you from Ecom Entertainment Media, the vision of every company, and hosted by Everett J, the doctor to the automotive industry. From myself, Everett J, the whole Autolux team here. Strap yourself in for this one shared ride with your friends.